guys, welcome to episode 68 of the Atlas Podcast. My name is Emma Loggins, editor-in-chief at FamWolf.com. I'm Matt Rodriguez, the owner-in-chief editor of ShakeFire.com. And I'm Mike McKinney of LastOneToLeadTheTheater.com and ATLCW.TV. And we wanted to start this podcast talking about the movie pass, um, which everyone has been talking about on all forms of social media the last two days. I don't really know a whole lot about it, but Matt's going to fill us in on the details. Yeah. Um, basically, MoviePass is a sub- subscription service. It's been around for a couple of years now, but um, it's making news this week because they lowered it to $10 a month. And basically what it is is a, it's a card you get, and it allows you to see basically any movie in any theater or not any theater, but a list of theaters. And you can see one movie per day, basically. And it's a monthly subscription. So you can see any new movie. There are no blackout dates or anything like that. It's basically, it's one of those things that sounds too too good to be true. And there are some caveats. It's like, um, you know, it's only good for 2D movies. So you can't go see a 3D movie. You can't go see an IMAX movie. Um, It used to be you could only see the movie one time, but um, with the whole new $10 thing, they they said on Twitter that you can see, you know, you can see a movie multiple times. It's just you can still only see one movie a day. But I mean, for $10, you go two times to a movie theater and it pays for itself. So it's an interesting concept. I remember tweeting about it when it first came out. And it was $50, I think, when it first came out. Like, for for us, who go to movie screens all the time, that might not seem like a reasonable price to pay $50 a month to go. But, um, but yeah, so, curious to know your guys' thoughts on it. Well, well um, oh, go ahead, Mike. Well, I, having paid $17 to see a movie on Friday... Um, I would say that it, it'd be worth it just for the the one the first time. Um, it it's going to be interesting because um, AMC Theaters has already uh, spoken out against the change, and uh, they're thinking about um, dropping uh, Movie Pass because um, basically what Movie Pass does is they buy the ticket from the whoever you want to go see the theater at. And then you get the ticket. Um, basically, you're paying for that. You're you're just paying for that ten dollar fee, that for that once a month, um, and that's the way it works. But if AMC, which is the largest exhibitor out there, um, drops out, then that's going to vastly alter um, a lot of people's plans. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's interesting to see. I was reading a, about the whole AMC issue. So I guess they they signed on in. 2014 and offered subscriptions starting at $35 then and then of course it it also notes in 2016 the service started at $15 per month and ran up to $50 per month for unlimited movies in bigger cities Um, so I I haven't seen the list of all the theaters that are included in this movie pass thing but I, I am kind of curious just from like the movie theater side of this like why I mean like it just seems like you would lose money on the theater side. So yeah. like as AMC, why would you agree to this in the first place? Well, like, <laughs> like, well no, because you don't make money off the ticket. Well, the, no, you the, 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 it's off the concessions. And right. actually, 
the theaters aren't losing money on it because so the way it works is they send you basically it's a credit card it's like a gift card a movie pass card and so the way it works is you have to be at the theater basically before you can get a ticket because it uses the GPS and so you check in using the app the movie pass app so it sees you're at the theater you use the app to select what movie you want and then it lo basically loads the card with the amount, whatever the dollar amount is. And then you can go up to the kiosk or up to the stand and buy the ticket. So okay. you're basically paying full price for the ticket. It's just MoviePass is paying that price. So right. the theater stand shall still get the full price of the ticket. It's but just, it still I, seems I, like there's got to be a catch somewhere. Like, yeah. Well, like, wouldn't the movie main pass thing, be like losing money then if and they, they were still paying full price? They are, and like the main reason behind the whole price drop, I think, is because they recently sold the business. Um, I forget who exactly bought it, but basically they outlined like, okay, we want to gather up a big consumer database because they're going to be, of course, they want to know people's viewing habits. So they're going to be, of course, selling the data to, right. you know. So, like, if you really value privacy and you're like, oh, I don't want people knowing what my viewing habits are and that kind of stuff, marketing, all that, advertising, then maybe this is not for you. But, I mean, personally, I'm not too worried about them knowing what movies I watch and stuff like that, so... I'm okay with that, yeah, but I know there are enough. some people out there who really don't like, you know, really want their privacy, so, and like, they've already, they said, like, yes, we're going to be losing money at the beginning, but hopefully, you know, down the road, we can recoup this. And the guy that, that's, the guy that's running this is a former CEO of Netflix, Yeah. so he's basically using that same model that Netflix has been using. Um, so it's all about getting subscribers and then also selling these, this, this uh, information to other companies. Um, I, it's going to be interesting to see what, the, what the, uh, the distributors think about this. Now, the right. smaller distributors actually might like it I mean, yeah. because, because of the fact that if you've, if, you've got, if you've got something for $10 a month, then you're more likely to go, take, go out and take some chances because it's not costing you anything. So you might go to smaller theaters that are showing the independent stuff and see some films that you normally wouldn't see because basically you're seeing them for free as far as you're concerned and that's what the hope is for the the smaller theaters and for the you know but it, it's it's i don't know if say like an independent theater like the plaza subscribes to this um and and is able to use it i don't know uh but certainly somebody the plaza like is and, on the list okay so oh, plaza is so plaza. is, is yeah. what about the what about landmark um, I'm not sure if Landmark is, but See, like that would Plaza be a, that, is, I know, um, like Regal Atlantic Station, Phipps Plaza is, at the moment at least, with the whole AMC thing. Right. But, um, so. Yeah, so, so that's one of the ideas that that um, hopefully this actually inspires people to go see movies that they normally wouldn't go see. Um, and, uh, you know, that, I think that's that's a great thing because I'm, all, I'm all about the independent film and, and getting people to try... Uh, films that they normally wouldn't try and they might find out that they actually like independent film they like taking chances with films yeah and I mean to be honest like this is 
like the past two weeks have been abysmal for for movies, movies. for the box office. Yeah. Like they've been terrible. So like people are not going to see movies because it costs so much. And so I think this is a, a great way to get people back in back in the seats. No, I agree. I think, um, I mean, with all of the great shows and, you know, original films that Netflix is doing and, and that whole subscription model, we're going to see something like this have to happen, you know, in the theatrical space to get people to keep like leaving their homes and going out to see something when instead they could just stay at home and see something that, you know, they're already paying the $10 a month for. Um, so I think, I think it's a really cool idea. Um, I would say on the, the movie theater side, I'm just going to put my two cents out there because this is one of my million-dollar ideas. I have my Do whole it. list of million-dollar ideas. Um, <laughs> if the movie theaters want to make more money, what they need to do is find a way to streamline their concessions. And by streamline, I mean somehow automate all of it so there's no human beings behind the counter that will take <laughs> two hours to get you a soda and a popcorn. Like, just have, like, a, a dispense system, like a machine you can go up to and order your popcorn, and it fills it there. Like, you've got to take out the concessions taking so long. You could sell so much more. I mean, you're not going to wait in was line it? for 30 minutes to, to get a thing of popcorn. But if you had to wait yeah. in line two minutes, you might. So I'm just going to put that out there that I think a model like what MoviePass is doing, if it's financially viable for MoviePass, is great. And the theaters can make even more money if they streamline the concessions. Yeah. Just a rant it, I've been wanting to have. Was it was it one of you guys that was telling me about the I for, forget which chain it was. It was like a really small local independent theater who basically they didn't sell the traditional, you know, popcorn, soda. You basically bought a size of thing. So like you bought it by the size. So like you get a small soda, a small popcorn, and a small, you know, like candy item or whatever. And it's basically like kind of self serve center. Where I've heard you know, about that. You could, I forget which chain. I forget who I was talking with about it. And was it Jen? It might I have been like Jen. Jen's I think it was Jen. Me. Yeah, I feel like she's told me about something like I that think, up in Norcross. Yeah, I think it was Jen. Fifth's Plaza is self serve. Um, uh, that the um, I don't remember which. Is it AMC? Yeah, it's AMC there. <clears throat> yeah, but Fifth's Plaza is self serve. Um, so, yeah, you've got that going. And I've seen a lot of the the self serve, at least drink wise, you know, with the the Coca Cola like two hundred forty flavor, yeah, drink thing. Yeah. Well, Regal needs to hop on that train too. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Because I would like to have more popcorn. <laughs> or at least more yeah. people manning the stations so that it doesn't take forever when there's only they- like two lines and it's just so slow. I don't know. Well, we must no, co- I... we must confess that we see about seventy percent of our movies at one movie theater, and they have the slowest concession stand known to man. I mean, it literally can take you thirty minutes to just get a popcorn and a drink, um, which yeah. is usually why even even when we get free popcorn, I usually avoid the concession stand because it takes so long there. Yeah, it's just not worth it. You you get up to the counter and then you're just angry because you've been standing there for like thirty minutes just to get a popcorn. And then um, and then we have to review a movie and it's not great to be angry and see the comedy. That's true. <laughs> um, but if you guys are interested in more information on this movie pass, you can go to moviepass.com and check out all of the details on it. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens if, with these. If the site is up, I know it's it's been up getting... today. It's up today. It's been getting it's really hit heavy 
these past few days because of the announcement. So, well, they're definitely making news, so they got that going yeah. for them. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see how it turns out. <laughs> well, in other news, um, we have a, a little bit of small talk for this week. Um, I went to see American in Paris last night at the Fox Theater, and. That was really awesome. I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know how it compares to the movie, but I am going to be watching the movie soon, so I can let you know in a future podcast how it compares. Um, But it's really, really good, and even if you're not familiar with the story or the movie, if you're a fan of Gershwin, um, you will love it. It's a great date night movie, and I believe it's playing at the Fox through this Sunday. I should probably have looked that up before we started talking about it. but the cast is great. Um, the music is great. Um, there's a lot of ballet in it. That's absolutely fantastic. It's it was just a really good night. So that was my my small talk on that. I'm still waiting for the Fox Theater website to load so I can actually tell you guys when 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 it's ending. Um, Very it's, cool. Okay, it's through August 20th that they are there. So you can buy okay. tickets now to see that at the Fox Theater. Cool. Yeah, so um, there's also something else that's coming to town next month that we're all super excited about, and I know Mike got a sneak peek at that yesterday. You want to talk a little bit about Cirque? Yep, Um, so I talked to the artistic director of the latest uh, Cirque du Soleil show, which is called uh, Luzia, um, L-U-Z-I-A, and um, it is basically a... um, it's all takes place in Mexico, um, and there's four different areas in Mexico they go to. So up in the mountains, um, uh, out in the desert, um, in the rainforest, and um, I think in a just a small city. Um, one of the unique things about this is that uh, when they do the rainforest portion, um, they're going to have a waterfall, wa- rainfall on the performers. Now, we we did ask, is there a splash zone like at SeaWorld? And they said, no, the audience will not get wet, just the performers get wet. Um, but it just sounds fascinating. I, I also talked to two of the performers. Um, they specialize in the art of freeform soccer. Um, basically, that's when you bounce a ball around uh, by yourself or with um, somebody else. Um, and they had two performers. Uh, one was from Africa, and the other person, I believe, was from America, but I'm not positive on that. She might have been from France. Um, and they gave us a little demonstration of, of just how versatile they are with the soccer ball, and it was it was pretty darn amazing. Um, it's going to be under the big top once again. So this is, uh, once again, the, the uh, traveling circuits. It's been, uh, this, this show has been, uh, performing around the United States, um, and it's soon to go um, international. Um, it's going to be open on September 14th, and it goes through, I don't remember where in the, how long in November, but they've added actually an extra week because Atlanta loves Cirque, and um, they love coming here. They always have great audiences. Um, that's something artistic director kept talking about was how much they appreciate the city of Atlanta and how much Atlanta loves uh, Cirque. Um, and it'll be out at Atlantic Station out in the parking lot like it usually is. Um, they're also reconfiguring the tents, um, so it's going to be a little different setup than, than in the past. But it sounds like just a fascinating show, and I, I look forward to seeing it. Uh, we're going uh, opening night, 
um, to see it, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And it'll be my third or fourth Cirque that I've seen. I think it's my fourth now. So I've, um, I've lost count over the years, and they've had so many come through Atlanta. I feel like it's roughly every every fall we get one now. It's, yeah. At least it seems that way. Yeah, I, th- I think that that's the case. They're doing it every every fall, and then um, you also have um, they have an, an arena show. Uh, different arena shows also so what they do is they normally tour with the big show with the with the big top and then um, they cut down the show and make it it's where it fit in the arena so they can go to smaller markets and then they have also some original shows um, that go to arenas uh, just because it's easier to 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 set up and do Um, so i'm looking forward to the first uh, opening night is september 14th um, out at atlantic station nice yeah They've actually I've, got, they've actually got a couple of um, future ones that are coming up that sound pretty cool. That are um, probably something to, to keep in mind or to think about in the future. There's going to be if you look up the the future productions, it lists the Wiz, which of course is in collaboration with uh, NBC. Cirque is actually helping them produce the live television broadcast. Um, they have a theme park that's been announced um, that's going to be coming in Mexico. And it, they estimate that will open between uh, 2018 and mid 2019. Um, and they've announced their first ice show, Crystal, which is going to be a touring arena production. And it says that that will have a soft opening October 5th of this year in uh, Louisiana before its world premiere in Montreal, which is slated for December. Nice. Yeah. Going to be busy. Yeah, they. Um, just in case you were curious, I was uh, looking up some additional information on this. They have um, just over five thousand employees and make an annual revenue of eight hundred and fifty million. And I didn't realize this, but one of their um, subsidiaries is the Blue Man Group. I didn't know that they owned the Blue Man Group. Interesting. So. That seems like a perfect fit, though. It does. It does. I've so. actually I've yet to go to a, a Cirque performance. Really. Yeah, I haven't been to any of them. I've always, I've always missed them, unfortunately. Are you gonna miss this one? Uh, maybe I don't know. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't gotten anything. I need to talk to the the PR people. Yeah, you should it. reach out on that because you should try not to miss this one. They're yeah. they're always pretty good. Well, I mean, this one is this one just sounds amazing. Um, and they and what they the other thing they talked about is just that. Um, the technology um, they're doing being able to do stuff like this rainfall um, on the stage that they wouldn't have been able to do 10 years ago because the technology wouldn't wouldn't have allowed them but um, now they they've got this the, the technology and they're constantly updating their technology and constantly yeah. reworking what they can do um, so it, it should be an amazing show and I'm looking I'm looking I'm looking forward to it did they ever I think, did they ever bring that a uh, vertical thing to Atlanta Cause I know they like, they did the technology where like basically they're they're going vertical, like the floor goes vertical, and so like they're doing it looks like they're on like the side of a building and they're dancing and doing stuff. Did that, that ever come to cool. Atlanta? Yeah, they did. They, they did. Um, the, I don't remember what it was called, but um, last year up in uh, Gwinnett Arena, um, they did an indoor show um, that utilized some of that. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was it was really interesting um, how they how it performed and everything. I just I'm just always amazed at Cirque and and, and the fact that they've elevated the the circus to this artistic level is just is just amazing. 
Yeah, it really is. It, and the technology you guys are talking about kind of reminds me. Um, there was a show that came through. It wasn't Cirque, but came through, uh, I want to say, like, 2012, 2013 with horses. And they, like, flooded the stage. It was in Midtown. And they flooded the stage at the end of the performance. And I was just, like, amazed how they were able to, like, basically contain that water um, and be able to have, like, the horses going through it and then be able to drain it all at the end. I don't, for the life of me, remember what it was called, but it was really cool. Hmm. But I've seen nothing about it since, so I don't know if that company... Um, I have to look back into that and see if they're still around. Did either one of you see that? No. I did not, but I know what you're talking about. Okay. It sounds familiar. I do remember reading a bunch about it. Yeah, it was... Um, it was... I want to... like between like 7th and 8th Street or something off of Spring in Midtown three years ago. Um, I'll look it up and we'll, we'll revisit it on another podcast because... <laughs> I don't even know what to look up. Horses running through water on stage? I don't know. <laughs> but, um, we'll see where that gets me in my Google search. Yeah, yeah that, could, that could be dangerous there. <laughs> um, well, cool. Well, let's, uh, let's move along to our box office report. Um, Mike actually under-predicted Annabelle's success um, this, this past weekend. We had Annabelle coming in first with $35 million, Dunkirk in second with $10 million, the nut job, too, despite our reviews, people still went to see it, and it got $8.3 million. Um, Dark Tower fell to fourth with $7.8 million, and Girls Trip uh, topped out the top five with $6.4 million. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's still pretty terrible for the nut job for the amount of yeah. theaters, because that had the biggest opening for this week. Yeah, that was in, that was in over 4,000 theaters. Yeah. So, uh, so 8,000 is pretty disappointing. <laughs> or 8 million, I mean. Yeah. Well, maybe our, our reviews had some impact on that. I like to think that <laughs> it did. Yes. We warned them. Um, but Annabelle, Mike, you predicted 25 to $28 million and it made $35 million. What are your right. thoughts? I, I think um, um, because it actually got decent reviews, um, that so I think some people that might have thought about staying away, because this is the fifth fourth, one. Of fourth the, one. Fourth one. The fourth one of the of the, um, Conjuring. the Conjuring series, um, they might have stayed away, but it's but as far I mean I gave it a fairly good review. I know Matt liked it a lot. Um, yeah, it, it, just because it, it, it was a good jump out of the dark scary movie. Uh, I'm not a big fan of those, but um, I just think the reviews helped it. Um, where people might have said, and plus you know there's, see, I mean your choices were Annabelle or The Nut Job too. For if you wanted to go see a new movie, I mean, there's another one out there. It was in a lot less theaters, but The Glass Castle was also out there. It came in ninth. It did four point point six million. Uh, but you know, I just think I, I expect it to drop off quite a bit um, this weekend. I don't know. I I think I could I could actually see Annabelle taking the number one spot again this weekend. Well, it is going to be it is going to be a fairly weak yeah. um, weekend, and and that's something else we uh, could a little bit talk about. There are not going to be any major releases on Labor Day weekend. Um, it's like the studios, which traditionally Labor Day weekend is not a good, um, not a good uh, weekend for movie. Re- um, they usually don't do very well, uh, mostly because people are trying to do outdoor stuff before um, summer ends. Uh, but there are no um, no major releases on Labor Day weekend. They know they can't compete with Dragon Con. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I don't know, though, about Annabelle coming in for... I mean, that being said, I feel like um, both of this week's... Uh, both of the films we're reviewing this week, which come out on the 18th, uh, The Hitman's Bodyguard and Logan Lucky, neither one of them has a ton of promotion behind it. Yeah. So maybe, and of course they're they're both brand new titles. Whereas Annabelle, you you know the history behind behind that uh, behind those films. So maybe. Yeah. And I think I Annabelle know. will have good word of mouth. So I think it might not dip as much as people expect it to. Well, I hope we'll Logan see. Lucky. Logan Lucky needs to have oh, good yeah. word of mouth. It does. <laughs> I mean, Logan well, Logan Lucky is definitely the best movie that's coming out this weekend. So for go sure, see Logan for Lucky. Sure. Which <laughs> shall we review it? Um, we shall. Do you guys want to do that one first or the Hitman's Bodyguard? Let's, let's jump into Logan. The, save the okay, best for well, last. Save the best for last. Well, I'm assuming the best is not Hitman's Bodyguard then. No, so it's um, it's Logan Lucky. Spoiler okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's start with the Hitman's Bodyguard then, and save a save our favorite for last. Um, do one of you guys want to set up this one, Hitman's Bodyguard? Uh, I'll do it. Um, so you have um, what used to be the world's top bodyguard, who's played by Ryan Reynolds. Um, he's he had something go really wrong, and I'm not going to say what, uh, but he's basically a little bit down on his luck, and he takes a job um as a favor to his is his what was his she his wife i don't think they were married yeah so anyway it takes a, a job to try to get in the back in good graces with his ex-girlfriend who works for interpol um and he's uh, assigned to take a hitman played by samuel L. jackson and get him to the international court of justice at the hague uh, so he can testify against a um, a dictator who's been charged with uh, with uh, war crimes, and um, the uh, the bodyguard and the hitman have a have a past together where they've encountered each other before. Um, so they're not exactly the best of friends, um, and uh, hilarity ensues. Cool. Well, let's uh, jump straight into it on the uh, the boredom scale of one to five. How bored were you guys at this one? I'd I'd give it a two. Um, it's fairly action packed. Um, the chemistry between Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson is amazing. Um, it does for me at least. It did slow down in the third act, and there was I was kind of like, okay, I'm ready for this to be over. Let's wrap it up here. But um, but no, I mean, there's some decent action and the humor humor is there, so I'd give it a two. Yeah, I'd give it a two also. Um, the action sequences, some are, are amazing. There's some great car chases in this film. Um, it, it's it's a very strange film because it it's it's very humorous. There's a lot of humor in the film, but it's also really really violent. I mean, there's some really gruesome violent deaths. Um, I mean, a guy gets shot with a nail gun and he keeps fighting. He just basically pulls the nail out of his face. Um, a guy gets burned on a stove. I mean, there's people being blown up all over the place. There are people flying through windshields. I mean, it's it's a really violent film. Everything's getting blown up. Yeah. Even at yeah, random moments. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of times where we feel like the director said, 
okay, that was really good, but can I have an explosion here? I'd really like an explosion. And like, but there's no reason. And it's like, I want an explosion. I need one in this scene. Find out some way that to, that I can have an explosion. Did Michael, Must have more explosions. Did Michael Bay make this movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Maybe it was his protege. <laughs> Um, well then, I'm assuming based on this conversation, our next factor, eye rolling, uh, seems like it might be fairly high. Uh, one to yeah. five, eye rolling. How how was that for you guys? Yeah, I'd give it like a probably a four, maybe. I mean, I'm, there's a lot of eye rolling. Um, it's just it, it, over it's the top ridiculousness. Com- but it but it is a comedy, yeah. and and so it's it's meant to be over the top. And you know these guys are getting the both both of them get the crap beat out of them in this film, and they're still walking, and you know basically at the end. Um, so it, yeah. there is a lot of eye rolling, but a lot some of it's built into the movie just because the humor factor is so high in it. Yeah, but um, like like Gary Oldman who plays the the Russian dictator, basically. Um, he like every scene he was in, I was just rolling my eyes. How. And they, because and his makeup so was, over the top. and his makeup was just bizarre. They yeah. they made him look. I mean, they gave him all these scars that were just like he'd been. They somebody had thrown acid on his face well, or yeah. something. Well, it was very strange. Well, that was part of the story. Oh, was it? Yeah, they mentioned that. Like there was like a, a hit attack on him where they threw uh, acid on him, but he survived. So that was why his scars. And but I yeah, it's, well, it's still looked, there was a, it still looked it still looked ridiculous. So, uh, best and worst actor, who would you guys give that to? I mean, it's, I think it's a tie between Reynolds and Jackson, because, I mean, they both have some great moments, and the chemistry of them together is just great. So, uh, there's one scene where they're singing in the car, they both end up singing, and it's just, it's hilarious. And, and by the way, the song that Samuel L. Jackson sings he actually um, did it as just uh, he just tried it out in the in the car the car uh, sequence, and they asked him to actually write a whole song. So at the end of the movie, during the credits, you get to hear the whole song that he wrote. So he actually wrote a song for this film. Um, I, yeah, both of those guys they play off each other incredibly well. Um, Reynolds is perfect because he's a little lower key than Jackson is, yeah. and um, so his reactions to some of the things that Jackson is saying or doing is just hilarious. And then they even bring up a lot of the, the, the fact that Samuel L. Jackson has to say everything with a curse word. Um, as, and I, I want to mention somebody else also that I thought was just so much fun was Selma Hayek. Um, she plays uh, Samuel L. Jackson's um, girlfriend or wife um, who is as equally tough as he is. And there's a great scene on how they met. And I don't want to give anything away, but it's it's very, very funny. Um, and she's really, she's a lot of fun. I, as far as worst actor, I mean, just because it was way over the top is, is um, uh, Gary Oldman. I just, he was a little bit too much for me. Yeah. Yeah, Gary Oldman wasn't great. Also, Elodie Young, who plays... Um, Ryan Reynolds' ex, she, she just she wasn't doing it for me in the film either. I mean, it's yeah, she's, just she's just that. her her performance is pretty flat. So, well, 
um, on the the Atlanta rec- recognition factor. Um, we don't have any because it was shot. <laughs> no. um, looks like mostly in the Netherlands, um, a little bit in Bulgaria, and um, London. Yeah, and, I think it all uh, it all takes place in London. So, well, an interesting except for the near the end when they're they're at near when they're getting to the Hague. Um, I was reading uh, some fun facts about this one. A video of the filming in Amsterdam actually turned up on social media uh, showing a car chase. And uh, in that, there is a car shown crashing into um, into a smart... Is that a smart car? Into smart a smart, car. Smart? I don't know. You guys saw it. I didn't. <laughs> it says <laughs> a Porsche is seen crashing into a smart and pushing it into the water. The video went viral and the story changed, changed from it being a filming scene to being a stolen car in a real chase. So I guess some people thought that this was actually... The reason why we don't can't remember is because there's so many car chases yeah. in this film and there's so <laughs> many things blowing up and there, okay, there is one? a... <laughs> yeah, there is a water. Se- there is a sequence where um, the chase is right by some water uh, river. Um, I think it's in the, actually in the Netherlands. I think it's actually in Amsterdam um, where the car chase sequence is. So I kind of know what they're talking about, but it's really hard to remember because there's so many car chase sequences. Well, fair enough. <laughs> um, so overall, on the official Atlas scale, what do you guys give this one? I'd give it an ATO. You know, it's a fun and funny movie. Um, it's not great, but um, it's suitable. <laughs> you didn't yeah, I, hate it. No, I didn't hate it. <laughs> I, it's, it's a fun I movie. Atomic I Atomic Blonded mean, it. Oh, yeah. that seems just not, unfair. <laughs> that's a little low there, Matt. That's just a little low. I get. I get. Um, I would give it an right. ATL also. <laughs> See, I'm consistent. Yeah. <laughs> That's disapproving Mike voice. Um, all right. Well, moving right along to our next film, which I think we're all on the same page about, um, Logan Lucky. Um, Matt, do you want to set up our, our synopsis for this one? Sure. Um, so Logan Lucky is basically, it's a heist film where these two brothers, Clyde and Jimmy, played by Adam Driver and Channing Tatum, they devise a plan to rob the uh, the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Basically, Channing Tatum works as a... Uh, he works in construction, and they're working on the the Motor Speedway. And so they he, he figures out, like, oh, I can steal... We can steal all this money from them. And so he enacts his brother, Clyde, who... Um, he's a bartender, and he only has one arm. And so they... They basically, they, they know nothing about explosives and, you know, breaking into buildings, but, um, so they enlist the help of, uh, what's his name? Um, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Yes. Um, <laughs> Just James Bond. Yeah. James Bond. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, his name's Joe Bang and he's basically an explosives expert. He's in jail. So they got to basically devise a plan to break him out of jail, get him to the most speedway so they can steal all the money. And it's basically this, this funny um, heist Ocean's Eleven type movie that um, just everything goes out of control, but it is a whole lot of laughs. I've affectionately referred to it as Ocean 7-Eleven since we saw it. That's how I'm describing it to everyone because of yeah. the, uh, the the southern flavor to it. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I'm excited because I actually saw this movie too, so I can actually contribute can, on this review. You can review it. <laughs> I can't. See, Mike, I see movies. <laughs> Once every three weeks. <laughs> um, well, let's jump straight into it. Um, on the boredom scale, one to five, were you guys bored at all? Mm, no, not that I can recall. I'd say I'd give it a one, you know. I, it's, I would too. There's yeah, not much to be bored. I mean, even if you're not a fan of NASCAR or any of that stuff, like, this is just a hilarious movie. I think the um, the ensemble, too, it's not necessarily a, a group of actors that you would expect to see together in a film like this, which makes yeah. it all the more entertaining and just... Um, God, it was just... I loved it. Okay, so moving yeah. on to Especially the Especially like, like Daniel Craig. Like, you don't... This is yeah. not a role you expect Daniel Craig to be doing, but he, he no. absolutely nails it. And it's just... And it's, yeah. and it's so ridiculous and so funny. And in fact, in the in the credits, they actually say, and introducing Daniel Craig, <laughs> which I think is just hilarious because it is an incredibly different part than what he's normally... Uh, to say he's that he's... Uh, not 007 in this one would be uh, putting it mildly. <laughs> um, yeah, he was... Uh, I don't think I realized... Like, I, I had seen the trailers, but I don't think that I... And I remember when he was here filming this, and yeah. I, it still didn't click for me until, like, I saw him on screen. I was like, oh, oh yes! <laughs> like, this is perfect. <laughs> um, he did a really good job. Uh, but moving along to eye-rolling factor, one to five. Were you guys rolling your eyes at all? Um... I'd say like a one and a half. Like there was, there was some eye rolling, um, especially with um, Seth MacFarlane. He's in it. He plays one of the. I guess he was like a sponsor of one of the drivers' cars, and he's, yes, yeah. he yeah he's got a, he he's is, got basically has an energy drink that yeah. he's sponsoring a, a driver. And he is just he is a little bit too over the top even for this movie, and it's yeah. like you yeah. you immediately immediately recognize oh that's Seth MacFarlane and he's doing his whole Seth MacFarlane shtick so like almost every time he came up on screen I was kind of rolling my eyes in fact we were kind of um, last night I was talking to a couple of the um, other film critics about this movie and we were we were kind of debating whether or not um, that Seth MacFarlane character should have just been cut out of the movie that what there really wasn't a reason for him to be in this film yeah um I mean, the only thing it does is um, if NASCAR people go see it, and there's there's like eight or nine NASCAR drivers who are in this film, um, in very small parts, but they are in this film as NASCAR drivers, uh, and and basically, uh, Sam McFarlane's uh, character gets made fun of a lot, um, um, and it, it's just. I think to appease maybe the NASCAR fans because um, that's one of the things that kind of upsets uh, true NASCAR fans is that sometimes advertisers come in and take over a car for a weekend um, and they just sometimes don't like it because you know they proceed as say Hollywood coming in and taking over NASCAR for for a weekend or something and that's kind of what this character does. Wasn't that basically uh, the plot of Cars Three? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, moving right along. Uh, so, would you guys give worst actor to Seth MacFarlane then? Yeah, I yes. think we'd have to. Yeah, because because almost everybody else in this movie is really really good, and even yeah. people that you wouldn't think of, like Dwight Yoakam, is amazing in this film. He's just so funny and and so uh, deadpan. 
Um, so yeah, he. I mean, and I'd look. You know, somebody like um, uh, you know, besides uh, um, the you know the Channing Tatum, but uh, Katie Holmes is is really good uh, playing his ex-wife, who's uh, married into money. She's married a, an auto dealer, and now. Uh, looks down on Channing Tatum and also is kind of grooming um, their daughter that they've had together as a, a beauty queen. Um, so, I mean, she's she's hilarious in it. Um, I mean, Adam Driver is just amazing. Yeah. On the, the note of Katie Holmes in this, actually, Katherine Heigl was originally cast in the role, but she had to drop yeah. out due to pregnancy. Oh, that's... So. That would have been bad. I, I, <laughs> you don't I think mean, that I would just, have been good? <laughs> no. I mean, I don't think I don't think Catherine Heigl could pull off what Katie Holmes did. Uh, Katie Holmes is really good in this film. Um, uh, Riley Keough is really good um, playing the sister of, of Channing Tatum. Um, I mean, it's just everybody in this film. It's just a yeah. lot of fun. And I don't know um, who they were supposed to be, but um, originally both Michael Shannon and Matt Damon were a part of the cast as well and both had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts. Um, But I Hmm. could kind of see that. I I almost wonder if Matt Damon was going to be the main guy, if he would have been Channing Tatum's role. Um, I don't know. I don't know. That's not not on my fun fact list. I don't know what characters they would have (laughs) been, but... um, I could see I could Matt see, Damon I in could, this space. I could for see sure. Michael Michael Shannon being the being Daniel Craig's role. I could see that doing. Yeah, it. see Shannon could do could do that role yeah. real, really easy, but because he he's done some stuff like that before. But yeah, I think it was much more fun with Daniel Craig because it was so out of turn. Yeah, of what he normally is. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, my my favorite. And as good as Daniel Craig is in it, I I loved Adam Driver so much more. Like I thought Adam Driver was the best because I he loved says his character. everything he does he says with such deadpan, and it's just brilliant. It's just absolutely hilarious. And then take away one of his arms, and he he just makes it even more hilarious. Yeah, but they, you got to remember, he didn't take away his arm; took away his hand. His hand. <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> That's that's a running gag in the film. So, yeah, Yeah, I mean it's 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 hard to pick a a a best actor out of this because they're all so good in it. Um, I think Adam is definitely the most entertaining character, definitely the one you wanted to see on screen the most. But Channing Tatum was amazing in it. Daniel Craig was amazing in it. it. It was really just a great ensemble. And the inmates have an amazing Game of Thrones joke that is just absolutely brilliant. It is the best, probably the best joke in the film. So Agreed. Agreed. Oh, it's just, everything about this movie is pretty great. Um, well, this one is uh, filmed in Georgia, but I don't know how recognizable it is that it was filmed in Georgia. It was um, filmed in Clayton County and Douglasville, and those are actually the only two locations that I have listed here, although I'm sure some of it... I would assume was down at the Motor Speedway. Um, I don't know if they shot that in another location because they did also film some in in North Carolina and Charlotte as well. But uh, it's not yeah. a high recognition factor. But it is a no. Georgia film. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure the I'm pretty sure the racing sequences was actually at the actual the Charlotte Motor Speedway because okay. that's such a that's such an an icon um, uh, track. That if you you watched any races at, at Charlotte, you'd instantly recognize that track. Well, I'm looking it up right now. Um, <laughs> please hold. Um, yeah. But on a scale I, I of didn't... one to five, oh, go ahead, Matt. 
I was saying, yeah, I didn't, even though it was filmed here, I didn't really recognize anything. Um, I think the closest the bar that uh, Adam Driver works at, like the outside shots, looked familiar, but like I couldn't put a name to where it was. Right. Yeah, I couldn't either. I'm still kind of curious about that that bar and where that was. Um, Carrie, if you're listening to this, if you want to let us know, we'll mention <laughs> it on the next podcast. Um, but it was actually, it says shot around Charlotte and the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Um, but it did also film, it seems, at the Charlotte Motor Speedway as well. So um, a little bit of both. Well, I'm pro- probably, th- Charlotte is a track that's used almost continually. Um a lot of the um, the race car drivers are in that area or based in that area. Mm-hmm. So they do a lot of testing during the week. So my guess is uh, they may have used Atlanta Motor Speedway for some of it just because it's it's not as busy as um, the Charlotte Motor Speedway is. Right. Atlanta, right. Atlanta Motor Speedway could have been like the uh, when they're doing like, you know, the concessions shots and stuff like that where it's like you're in the, the speedway, but you're not outside by the track. Outside. Right. Well, it looks like um, Channing Tatum actually showed up at the Coca-Cola uh, 600 to give the command at the start line. Um, so a little bit of promotion there back when, in, I think when, was in May. When was that? But I think that, it was yeah. in promotion for the film. It looked like, hold on, wait, what's my date on this? Um, look, look, you can say, yeah, that was May 28th of this year, or at least that's when the article was published. So I believe it was... It's quite an early promotion. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but getting yeah. out in front of the NASCAR crowd and True. Um, racing fans, and you gotta go when the races are. So, um, and, I, and we I, should bring up we should bring up that um, if you're not a NASCAR fan, you, the, the the racing portion of this film is pretty small. I mean, there's a little bit of it, and it's just to do a, another joke. Uh, but it's really not very important to the film as far as what's happening on the track. It's mostly what's happening under the track that's that's what's important. Yeah. All right. But if you would like to learn more about NASCAR, there's a wonderful article on fanbolt.com <laughs> <laughs> that I wrote about NASCAR. So I highly encourage you guys to check it out. <laughs> um, well, moving right along, um, scale of one to five for this one, um, what would you guys give this on the official Atlas scale? I think I'm going to give it a at- full atlas with a little S, though. So. A little S, okay. Yeah. I'm going to give it five out of five. I'm giving it an atlas. Yeah, I mean this is. Yeah, I'm giving it. I'm giving it, if if I was on my website, I'd be giving it. I would pay to see it again, and actually, I may at some point go pay and see it again because I'm sure I miss some stuff. I mean, we hadn't even mentioned S- Sebastian Stans in it. Um, Hillary Swank's in it. I don't even remember um, Sebastian Stan. Yeah. You know, so they're, they're, it's funny because there's a bunch of Hillary Swank. I would actually, I might have to take back my worst performance. Worst actor. Yeah, yeah. Because no, I thought she, she felt really out of place in the film. Yeah. I mean, she did, but I didn't, she, don't you think she's supposed to? No, like, no, like that. Her her performance was just so bland and just weird, and not in a good way. Like it felt. Yeah. It, it took me out of the film. 
I would I would agree with that. I don't know how much of that was the character and or how much of it yeah. was like her her version of the character. Um, but I wasn't a fan of her performance no. in this either. Well, I'm still I'm still picking Seth MacFarlane because I, I I agree with some of the guys last night and the fact that his part could have been cut out totally and we wouldn't have missed it at all. Yeah. Well, I I give him a tie. <laughs> Well, Logan Lucky and um, Hitman's Bodyguard both come out August 18th, so those are your your choices for this weekend. Yeah. Um, or if you live in Atlanta, you can go check out An American in Paris, and my full review of that will be up on Fanbolt by the time this podcast is out, so you can check that out for more information. Um, next week, we will have a interview. Um, we don't have an interview this week just because I didn't have time to edit it in because I leave for Boston for Walker Stalker Con. Um, in a couple of days so we'll also have tales from boston next time we record so and if you if you live in the atlanta area there's another movie that i recommend it's called brigsby bear it's a really weird little film um that uh, kyle mooney and a bunch of the other Saturday Live people are in um i can't really describe it other than the fact that Kyle Mooney was abducted at, I they never say what age, but he was abducted as a child uh, by uh, Mark Hamill, his, his place, uh, his, I guess you would say his adopted father. Um, and he's been living, he's been living in a bunker for like 20, 25 years. And he watches a TV children's show called Brigsby Bear Adventures. And um, it turns out that, uh, Brixby Bear Adventures is, first off, is a very strange show, and it's just a cool little movie. I don't want to give too much away because uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, if you're a fan of Kyle Mooney, if you're a fan of the of the shorts that they the film shorts that Kyle Mooney does on Saturday Night Live, um, the film is directed. Um, by uh, uh, Dave McCary, who did a lot of those shorts with Kyle Mooney. And it's just a cool little film that I recommend if you're looking for something unusual to go see, and it's a lot of fun. Cool. Well, um, those are your, your options for this weekend. And we will be back next week with... Um, oh, we didn't even talk about what movies we're going to be reviewing next week, did we? What are you guys seeing next week? What do we got next? Um... Uh, let me check. I don't actually think I have any screening set for next week. Um, yeah, we just had one get, got canceled. Um, that's actually opening up this week. Um, okay, so next week um, we have uh, Leap, um, Good Time, um, and Patty Cakes, which actually is a movie that there's a lot of Oscar talk about. Um, I did not see that South by, um, but um, so there's not a lot opening up. Um, it's a lot of smaller films, um, so um, we'll see what we have. It's going to be a pretty lean. Um, we're seeing. I'm seeing Leap on Saturday. I don't know if Matt's decided whether he's seen it or not, but I am seeing Leap on Saturday, um, and I'm seeing Good Time next week and Patty Cakes. Well, uh, we will review review those next week. I'm not saying any of them, so I won't have a lot to uh, <laughs> to add to it. But surprise, I'll have surprise. Stuff. I know. <laughs> Life happens when you're yeah. doing 7,000 different things at once. Um, but cool. Well, thank you guys for, for joining us this week. Again, this is the Atlas Podcast, and my name is Emma Loggins, Editor-in-Chief at Fanbolt.com. And I'm Matt Rodriguez, the Owner-in-Chief Editor of Shakefire.com. 
And I'm Mike with Last One to Leave the Theater.com and ATLCW.tv. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.